Hello, I'm Ashleen and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Single in London. Today's episode is turning 30 and society's pressures. Before I get into who our special guest is today, I want to ask you a few questions. Firstly, do you feel pressured in your 20s and 30s to have more things figured out than you currently do? And do you feel like you should be further along in your career, maybe your love life, and even maybe feel the pressure to buy your own home and get out of the rent hole? And do you feel like you're constantly changing your mind about what makes you happy and what direction you want your life to go? And do you even maybe struggle to make time for friendships or maybe even feel like you're outgrowing certain people in your life? And finally, are you fed up feeling anxious about keeping up with society's pressures on what you should and shouldn't be doing right now? If so, this episode is definitely for you. So today's guest, Emma Wilson, is the first and only turning 30 life coach. So after experiencing her own personal turning 30 struggles, Emma began her mission to help others struggling with the 30 pressures Um, helping her clients to feel more confident and get unstuck in all areas of life from careers, dating, friendships, finances, lifestyle, and so much more. So you're really going to enjoy this episode and you can find Emma on Instagram at turning30coach. And she also has an incredible podcast that I've been listening to loads called the Turning 30 Podcast. You can find it on Spotify and all other podcast platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who may also need to hear this. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two, episode three. Um, I'm really excited to have a guest today, um, Emma Wilson. She is the only turning 30 coach which got me really excited to speak to her because I've I'd never heard of a turning 30 coach before. Um, but I've been listening to her podcast, following along, and I feel like you guys are really going to relate to her. So Emma, welcome. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. So nice to have you on. Um, but yeah, we'll just get, get stuck in because I want to find out a little bit more about you as well. So a turning 30 coach how did that come about is that a thing obviously it's a thing but how did it all come about well it wasn't a thing and then I made it a thing so now it is a thing yeah. <laughs> um so wow how did it come about so well, I've been a life coach for five years now and when I first started coaching I was focusing on careers specifically because I never really found my way with my career I changed jobs a lot in my 20s I became a professional quitter and when I discovered life coaching I really wanted to help people who felt lost in their career so I set out to to do that and then after a while I realized that I was more into the psychology side of things the mindset side of things which was I think it is relevant for career coaching but I was kind of getting lost in helping people with their CVs and LinkedIn and interview questions and things like that and I started to think more about different people I can help. And I kept seeing a pattern. I kept seeing that my clients would come to me and they would really reference where they needed help in relation to where they were in their stage of life, especially in relation to age. So I would often hear, I'm going to be 30 next year. I really need to get things sorted out in my career because I feel so you know left behind and everyone's doing this and, and I want to do this. And I would often hear, well, I'm in my 30s now. 
I also heard the same thing for you know, people who are in their 40s, but I think a big birthday throws things up and specifically turning 30 really resonates with a lot of people. I think people have their own questions around this age. And then in addition to that, I was around 31, 32 when I was uh, doing this and I'd had my own turning 30 crisis to say, you know, not wasn't really a true crisis, but on my 29th birthday, I started to panic that I was turning 30 in a year and there were so many things that I wanted to work on, so many things that I felt like I hadn't done yet and I felt the pressure to do it. And I, that was the year that I found life coaching. I found a coach myself. I found therapy. I found you know, just basically an entrance into the world of personal development and self-improvement. So it just all came together for me and I started to interview a few different uh, women who was experiencing 30 related issues and that was where Turning 30 was born and I just it just felt right and I changed my Instagram and from there it was just like everything just was aligned. Yeah I think it's super relevant right now when you speak to lots of people um, what's the common fears that come up for turning 30 what are people most anxious about? I would say, and when we say people, I want to be clear that I didn't set out to specifically work with women, but it's been something that's occurred very naturally that majority of the individuals I work with are are women. And I think that we struggle most with relationships. So the feeling of pressure to be partnered, to be engaged or married, or just in general in a serious relationship. I think then there's lots of career uh, worries am I at the stage that I want to be and this also links to finances so do I have enough money I think I know in London for example this is a big thing can I buy an apartment yet you know a house am I living in the place that I want to and do I own it which I think is something also quite specific to to London and what else that I see sometimes children you know I think that's becoming a little bit less than it was for the generations above us but you know I know a lot of women start to worry about biological clock at uh, this age so yeah they would be the main ones that I see the main worries of turning 30. Yeah when you were saying all that I was like oh this is so me I'm single <laughs> living in London um, paying London rent prices and being like what am I doing looking to see if I can afford to buy a place and being like hell no because there's just not worth it for the the prices and thinking career-wise um like um, should I be further along and it is like I obviously turned 30 a few weeks ago I honestly didn't feel too anxious I feel I felt excited I felt like um I know myself better now so I felt okay the fact I know what I want um I feel like my 30s I will thrive more but there was those little thoughts and there's there still is to these days and I was speaking to someone yesterday um actually someone that I'm currently dating and um I said like years ago um I was in a long-term relationship and I I felt like I knew my my life plan I knew I was going to be with that person I probably were going to have kids and get married um I was in a career I was like okay I know the progression in that career and I had a life planned out and then all of a sudden it ended and all that's taken away and you start fresh again. 
and you actually don't even know what's going to happen this time next year never mind 10 20 30 years left and part of it is exciting but also it is terrifying um and i see a lot of especially the pandemic you've probably seen this as well a trend in a lot of relationship breakups people having more time to think about what they want and then all of a sudden they're starting from scratch again and having to build up a life so if, if anyone's listening and they're in that situation like how do you work best with people and trying to go from being in a relationship the breakup and starting fresh again I mean you're completely right I think the pandemic did catapult a lot of couples to really confront the relationship and then break up it happened to me so I the after the first lockdown came out of a four-year relationship that I thought just like you said, you know, there was engagement and kids and everything was on the cards and went through this big breakup and then the plan went to shit basically. And, you know, you know, have to start again. And I think it happened to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, I work with a lot of women who thought that their life would look a certain way and it doesn't. And it's really normal that we make these plans in my coaching. I call them the turning 30 manuals. They're these instruction manuals that we create most often it's completely subconscious. We don't really actively sit down and write an instruction manual when we're 21 years old of how we think our life should look in our 30s, but we create them unknowingly based on social pressures. So what our families have taught us, teachers, popular culture, sometimes religion, all of these things that culminate in this turning 30 instruction manual. And when we are turning actually are turning 30 or even when we're in our late 20s and we start to realize we don't have those things maybe it's because we've made our own choices and we've done things differently maybe we've traveled we've gone through big breakups we've changed careers a few times you know all the things that happen in your 20s that you just can't predict not everybody has this linear path and then we feel on some level that we've failed we feel that because we haven't uh you know um we've not completely kept to the rules of the instruction manual that it means that we we aren't as good as other people or our self-worth isn't as high or that we're doing life wrong and what I do with my clients is to really help uncover these manuals and really try to release social pressure so to understand okay did, did I actually want those things do I want them now or is it just other people's voices and other people telling me and sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's people are like, actually, no, I'm only 30. I really still want to travel. I want to open a business. I'm not ready to settle down. You know, I'm not interested in buying a house right now. I just understand that other people have made me mm-hmm. believe that I do. And I also have clients that are like, no, I do want that. I'm ready to find a relationship. You know, I do want to buy an apartment and all of those things. So what we really do together is understand what you currently want now and then we set goals to try and get there. So I think maybe I've gone off topic for the question, but you know, the answer is if the plan doesn't go accordingly, you get to scrap the plan and create a new one, an even better plan than before. Yeah, I like that thought because this can happen in so many areas. So you could go to university, you could get a job and there's a career, career path and you're on that linear career path and then all of a sudden you don't wanna do it anymore. And then you either have to start from the beginning and that that's all screwed or even like in a long-term relationship and then you start again or living in a city and then you have to move and you start again 
and it is it can be really scary doing that um I speak to so many people who are in these situations and they, they come to me and they ask me for advice. And sometimes it's really hard because everyone's situation is different. But what type of questions would you get someone to internally ask themselves to figure out what they really want? Because I know it's important we trust our gut feelings and do what we want. But what types of questions can I get you really uncovering that? So I do an activity with all of my clients and in my group program as well where we really dig down on values. So really trying to understand what do you value? What's important to you? Because a lot of the time, if we don't understand what our values are, then we can't really understand how we want to live our lives. So I have a really specific technique and a specific set of questions to do that. And it's things such as asking, you know, what lights you up, what sets your soul on fire, when when are times in the past that you felt really the most yourself, the most free. These are just some examples of, of a long list of questions. And then we do, when we do the values activity, you'll come up with, usually I get my clients to pick four values that are really, really key to their life. And I think these values are a really good way to then decide how you want to live your life and what you want to do. For example, I really value freedom, something really, really important to me. So I have to then take responsibility for that freedom in my life. That means I love the fact that I have a business that is completely remote so I can travel as much as I want. So I go away most winters to Central America. I'm I'm constantly booking flights and doing all of these things. And that's also, when I say take responsibility, I have to catch myself and catch my thoughts. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm 34 and I don't own a property right now. That's because it's not a value of mine to own property. It's a value of mine to be free. And I prioritize that freedom, that value over something else. So you see, lots of us have different values. I have clients that value security and that do value other things that I, that I don't value. And each of us is a complex human being with lots of different values. So that's why I always start with my clients and we do really long reflection exercises and that values exercise is just one of them and it's it's a really good one yeah because when you were saying that about freedom the thing that was popping into my head was one of my values is stability it's not up there at the top but it's there which would in a way slightly be the opposite to your freedom one and um so I have to think about that and I'm sure you have lots of um clients who do want stability who do want a partner who do want kids who do who do want the traditional thing um but I guess you just have to like and as well I had a friend one time say to me Ashley why don't you just go traveling for a few months just go it and I was thinking about it and then I realized I actually don't want to go traveling for a few months like I that would be the worst thing I want to like settle in London and build a life here so I guess I always say ask yourself what do I really want to do rather than what do other people think I should do exactly a hundred percent there's always going to be background noise from other people there's always going to be pressures opinions there's always going to be people trying to influence you and tell you what to do and it's really important to turn the volume up on you and get to know your true self and what you truly want because otherwise if not we end up living a life that's really dissonant with what we actually want so that I think your personal example is great if you were to go traveling then you probably wouldn't you mean I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy it but you probably would be craving that stability that wouldn't be there yeah 
exactly um and obviously because my podcast is single in london dating is probably huge and relationships that you speak to people about and when i hear about like online online dating has taken over and how people meet and every person i speak to it's kind of a negative talk they have about it they're frustrated they're fed up with it they're giving up a lot of people in my age are just giving up with it and it's it's actually not nice because it's such an exciting thing like meeting that person and and dating and um do you find a lot of women as well are frustrated with that process and yes yes I think that a lot of women are very jaded by the dating uh world I think in their 30s as well it can be it can be really difficult I think that we can shift our mindset about dating apps I feel like they for good reason do have a bad reputation but that does not mean that you can't use them to your advantage so I often work with clients to shift dating mindset so it can be to go from really hating the apps and really feeling almost like a victim in victim mode the apps are this they're this they're this the truth is that the apps are a tool They're, they're just a tool and we can't be owned by them we need to be able to use them for how for what we want and as soon as we get out of victim mode with them then we can actually start to put in healthy boundaries and healthy and start a healthy relationship with the apps themselves but I think that people are just so in that place of complaining and they don't want to get out of it so I really really work to help people to get out of that uh, place that's not to say that I like dating apps I also have bad opinions of them but at the same time you can't be held hostage to them. And if you really, really, really hate dating apps that much, don't go on them. Because when we go into something with a bad mindset, very, very rarely something good comes out of it. Yeah. So for you right now, what's your situation? You're single, you're 34. How do you feel about being single at 34? So yeah, I'm currently single. I'm coming up to my 35th birthday. In a million years, I would never have expected to be single at this age it's like not even something I would fathom I'm from a Jewish community in Manchester it's it's secular it's not religious but you know getting married is something you do when you're 26 27 maximum as a woman 28 and it feels you know like you're alien to be someone different so I just want to make that clear for anybody who's listening that even though I love and embrace being single, this is definitely something that I've really worked on over the years. And as I mentioned um, earlier, this breakup that I went through, I stayed in a relationship that wasn't serving me for quite a while because of this fear, the fear of being alone in my 30s. And wow, it's been such a journey. I have loved being single I'm not going to say I love dating. I want to be clear that it's not necessarily my favorite hobby, but being single in my, like, you know, my early to mid thirties. So from the age of 33 up until now for the past, I guess it's been almost coming up to two years this summer has been just this amazing journey of appreciating myself, learning about myself, meeting new people, making amazing new friends. I've traveled a lot. I have really done things that I would never have done if Mm. I was in a relationship at this age and I'm so grateful for the opportunity and I know that when I do meet somebody I'll look back at this time and be so happy that I made the most of it and that I enjoyed it because 
being single, again, like the dating apps, gets a bad reputation sometimes, but there's so many good things about being single. Not saying it's not hard sometimes, it is, and it does come with things that are more difficult, but I'm a huge advocate and it's a mission of mine for people to really, I guess, not stay in relationships because of fear of being single. And also when you are single to just embrace it and to to own it. Yeah, and I think you also have to remember if you are in a relationship and you're fearing being single and being alone, you have to remember that like we're only in our 20s, 30s. We have our whole life ahead of us, our whole life. And you're going to want to stay with someone who's not completely right for you like it actually is a ridiculous thought when you put it into perspective that we have so much time yeah and one thing that does fear me though is so I was in a relationship for seven years um I've been single now for two years and part of me so I'm enjoying dating I've, I've come to terms with being single I'm in a good place but I have this little fear that if I start seeing someone again and it's really good and it lasts a couple of years what if it ends again? What if I build something up for a couple of years again and it's back to square one? I honestly don't know. Right now, that scares me. Like if someone else, that scares someone else, how would you tell me to look at that differently? Well, firstly, I think it's also a case of being scared to be vulnerable and let somebody in and do all of those things again, which makes sense. Because when you've been through huge, a big breakup, again, obviously seven years, somebody you thought you were going to spend your life with, it can be heartbreaking and the whole thing can be very traumatic. And I think those feelings are really heightened when you meet somebody else because you're like, okay, the body remembers, right? The body remembers this, this, the heartbreak and the emotions that you went through. So it's really hard to then accept that in order to feel love again, you're going to have to let somebody else in. And I think that it's also just recognizing that sometimes we look at things in a really linear way. We look at life like these milestones and timelines that we have to reach. By this age, we need to do this. And then we're going to get engaged. And then we're going to get married. And then we're going to have kids. And it's this, I think, outdated belief. It's a very traditional belief that you meet one person and you're just going to be with them your whole life. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with careers. We just think we're going to graduate from university, find the perfect job in our 20s, and we don't change career again until we retire. And sometimes life doesn't look that way. We know this because even when people do get married, however many people are getting divorced these days, I can't remember the most updated statistic, but say one in three people, just because you meet someone at 33, let's say, and you're with them for three years, it doesn't mean that, like just because you're that age doesn't mean that you're going to be with that person for your whole life. And I feel like it's just about focusing on exactly what you said about being in the quality of the relationship, being in a good connection with the right person and knowing and trusting the future version of you, that if you're not in that good relationship, are you going to stick in that relationship just to um, be in it? No, you're not. You've already come out of a relationship that you were in that wasn't right and you survived it. And not only did you survive it, it sounds to me like you you thrived afterwards. So I think it's just all about trusting the future version of yourself that you will absolutely be able to go through it again. Yeah. And we need to remember that we can do hard things. We can, we're really resilient people. Like it seems like the end of the world in, in the moment, but time is like, I think time is just, just such an amazing healer. Um, whether it's grief, relationships, everything, like time is absolutely amazing. Like it's so good. Yeah, I think time is good, but I think there's a misconception that 
things just take time. Like, oh, if I'm getting over a relationship, I'll just automatically feel better. And I don't just, I, I don't agree with that. I think it's about doing the work on yourself. I think that people can come out of relationships, not do the work on themselves, not, you know, deal with the emotions and heal and all those things and still feel four years later, like they don't aren't ready to get into a new relationship. So what I would say, I guess, previous to the previous question that you asked is, you know, if you are worried and say you anybody who's listening who is worried about getting into another relationship because of heartbreak from the past or fear of the future do the work you know it really is about diving into those beliefs really looking to heal looking to know yourself better and understand where it's coming from because it's always coming from somewhere yeah I think as well I've spoken to different people that if they said if they broke up with their person they would really struggle to be alone they really would because it's just been two people for so long that they would really and that's like a scary thought as well whereas I know now from being alone and having to be alone even in the most loneliest of times like when you really feel super alone um that you survived it and you got through it um so now I know that I I don't have that fear of being lonely and alone because I know I have my own back yeah exactly yeah you learn that when you're single as well for a while but um the one thing though that okay so we can think about careers differently we can think about love and marriage but one thing that is always on the back of a woman's mind is babies is children mm-hmm. because there is a there is a biological clock that we can't deny that that the younger that we have kids the better it is um I know it's getting older I'm not going to go into medical things here, but people are having kids older. So like, how do you kind of reassure women that, okay, you might be 30, 35, even older. Like, how do you reassure someone that that will work out? Okay. I wouldn't, you know, I can't reassure anybody of anything like this. Like you said, it's science, it's medical. I think it's, you know, if it's somebody's priority in their 30s to have a child then there are different options of having children that can be explored if it isn't with a partner a lot of these are very expensive options but freezing eggs um becoming a single mom by choice which is something that I know many more women are, are thinking of doing um something that people usually do more into their 40s I believe but you know at the end of the day if you know that you want to have children then yeah date and be more discerning when you're dating to make sure that you have a match or I call a want match with a potential future partner that they also are on the same page uh but you know can you reassure somebody of course not I think it's just all about keeping hope and keeping faith that the right partner will come the way I see it I think I do want children and I'm approaching 35 I am about to freeze my eggs it's something that I've been thinking of doing for a while and I feel it was a really empowering decision for me when I decided to do it because it just was like oh I can just date and I don't have to worry about those questions and I think that you know it's about trusting and believing that if I'm meant to have children and when I'm meant to have children it will happen in its own time and I personally don't want to bring children into the world in a way that is pressured and rushed and not right for me now it's hard you know there'll always be a part of me or a part of women who are in this position that I'm in that might look back and say, okay, if I did this in my twenties and I did that, then maybe I would have a child by now. But at the end of the day, that's a whole process of acceptance and understanding that this is my timeline. This is for me, how my life has worked out. And I feel grateful, not regretful for that because of all the good things that have happened. 
Yeah, it, I do really believe that everyone has their own timeline. And even when I look at friends, so obviously people will compare a lot to their friends and how their life is going. Like I look at my friends right now, I've got a few that are married, have kids, one or two. And I feel really good about it because I look at them and I'm just so happy for them. Like I look like one of my friends had um her, set, her son's second birthday and they had like a family photo on Instagram. I just messaged her. It's like, I'm so happy for your beautiful family. And it's, I think it's a really good place to be when you can look at all your friends in different stages and be like really happy for them all at every part um, instead of being like, oh, I should be there and should be that as well. Exactly. When you just release that pressure, then it can also turn that envy or the jealousy that you might feel towards somebody else doing those things. And I always say like shift the envy into um, inspiration. So if you, you know, look at somebody else's family situation and that feels like, wow, you know, that's amazing. I also really want that. You can shift it into, okay, this is my new goal. I'm going to go out and try and, and try and get that. Yeah. It is beautiful. Um, one other topic I'm so excited to speak to you about because um, I was listening to your podcast and I came across the episode on friendships. I was like, okay, I've never really listened to your podcast on how to be a better friend or anything like that before. It's always dating or how to be better in business or life or mental health friendships. It's like, okay, this is interesting. And when I listened to it, um, it brought up so many feelings that I was having. So briefly I'll share. So when I, I've ha- I have an amazing group of friends that I went to university with and friends from home. And then when I started moving around the world, so Belfast, London, I actually felt a bit of guilt around making new friends and introducing new people into my life. And in a way that, but Ashley, why do you need more friends? You have friends, you don't need more friends. Um, and it took me a while to like fully embrace that and make new friends and then there's also part of me that because I'm not living in the same town as some of my best friends you're missing out are you is your relationship distancing how can I be a better friend without releasing all my boundaries and my energy and my time and honestly this is a topic I'm struggling with so why why friendships why did you start kind of helping people with friendships Honestly, because just like you just described, I think so many of us struggle with friendships, with changing friendships in our 30s, but it's not talked about enough because there's so much focus on all the other things. Okay, we need to talk about our love life and dating. We need to talk about our careers and money, health, all of these things, which are all obviously amazing and important life facets. But what about friendships? You know, at the end of the day, they're so important. And also, the harsh truth of it is that in our 30s, our friends can be at vastly different life stages to us. And we can have completely changed exactly location, stage of life, values, all of these things. And it just doesn't get enough airtime. And I know for me, when I came out of my serious relationship, I hadn't focused on friendships for years. It had been, I don't get me wrong, I had lots of good friends, but it wasn't a focus. It wasn't a priority at all. And then I realized this year, looking back at the year before, oh, wow, I would not have been able to go through what I did, go through those difficult times if I didn't have a supportive group of friends around me. And just over the past few months, I've been thinking a lot about it. And I've been so fortunate because I set a goal in 2021 and also 
for this year as well to really grow my friendship group and to make new friends who are really aligned with me now some something that's different with who I was in my 20s for example and I really want to spread it to other people because I think that relationships come and go romantic relationships but friends good friends anyway can can be for life and I am really passionate about it and it's because of that that I recorded these I think it's three podcast episodes I did a whole month of content on it it's still going um I did an episode on harsh truths about friendships in your 30s I did an episode with the amazing Louise Rumble and we had a girl chat about all the difficulties of having changing friendships and we talked about baby showers and feeling left behind and when your friend starts dating somebody and you know they lose contact with you and then I did another episode on how to make new friends and all of this was in the build-up to release a course on how to have better friendships in your 30s which is a mini course I've created it's like a mini podcast series that really talks about giving you those skills and tools to deal with exactly what you were saying. So how to set boundaries with friends, doing what I call a friendship audit. So looking and saying, okay, you know, where are my friends? What do I believe about friendship? What's my current friendship circle? Am I getting what I want from, from these relationships and also putting in what I want to them? Mm. Um, So it's just something that I feel really passionate that isn't spoken about enough. And there's a big part of it as well. That's having to educate others to even look at friendships because it just gets left behind yeah um one thing I struggle with um especially being in London um pushing like my career as well like looking after my fitness you know dating as well trying to find that person I actually have I really struggle with finding enough energy for all the social things um I'm a person who really needs to fuel up me until I can bring out so I feel like sometimes um I sometimes think that smaller amounts of friends are better than lots of friends quality over quantity and since I've moved to London I've tried to focus into just a few people that are really closely and the rest are general friends but like how do you like so we have so many friends from school from university from our time from our job from how how do you go about like prioritizing and strengthening that many relationships and and at the same time looking after yourself well it is a juggling act and I feel like city living is a juggling act and I feel like the millennial condition that we're all trying to do all of these things like a meme on Instagram like how can I do all of these things and also drink x amount of water a day uh it is hard I'm not going to say it's not uh firstly what I would say about your friendship pattern is that's specific to you right and this is what we do in the friendship course is understand you know, what's important to you. So you're somebody who would rather have a really small intimate uh, group of friends, or maybe just a few separate friends who you're very close to. And you're not necessarily somebody who wants to have lots of different acquaintances. Everyone's different. And I have clients who really like to have friends that they go out and party with, and then they less like to have a smaller group. So it's important to just say, it's great that you, you have established that that's what's important for you. And in terms of how can I prioritize it is exactly that you prioritize it. I think it's really easy to just say, oh, you know, I'm going to just stay in tonight or go to the gym instead of meeting that new friend I said I was going to meet because it probably won't work out anyway, or it will be boring or whatever the thought that you would have. And then you just need to ask yourself if your goal and your intention is to create deeper connections, make better friends, meet new people expand your network whatever that goal might be then you then need to act on it 
And not everybody has the goal right now of making new friends, but if you do, I highly recommend prioritizing it. I, just to give an example, I've been really focusing on this for a long time, but it's really easy to make new friends when you're out, when you're remote working and traveling. But actually in my real life, I find it hard sometimes to do this, to prioritize. And last night I went with a, with a friend, a new friend, and we booked to go to an event together. And it was like an in-person, it was actually a, like a healing event. It was a, a cacao ceremony and like an ecstatic dance. And, a, and a, a, it was like a split women's circle and men's circle. It was a mixed event. And it was kind of killing two birds with one stone because we firstly were doing like really interesting things that I would have loved to do anyway alone. Plus we went together. So we like had a nice dinner before we went and then we enjoyed it together. And then also in terms of dating, there were other, there were, there were people from the opposite sex there. So it just was like, okay, you can do all of these things. It doesn't have to be always juggling. Like you can go and find things that combines the the two yeah. or the three. Um, and I think it's a really nice example of, you know, you can make new friends and then go to an event together. You can uh, set one evening a week where you say, okay, this evening, I'm going to do something for my social life. And that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be, you know, five times a week going on five different friend dates. We can often exaggerate it in our minds, but I think it is just about having it at the top of your mind and saying, if I want to have better friendships and I'm going to work on it. Yeah. It's like everything. If I want a better body, I'm going to make sure I make that gym session. And like my my health, my, I know it's a, it's okay to say this, but like my physical health is probably way higher than friendship priority right now. Um, but things I guess go up and down as well. Sometimes we have different pushes for careers and, and everything like that too. Um, but I, I really like how you said that if you want to have better friendships, you have to make time for better friendships. And I think it's important to also realize the knock on effect of having good connections and friendships. There's a famous psychology study. It's actually the longest ever study in history that has been done it was done in harvard and it tracked men from university age all the way up until their 70s it's like it's an old study and it found that the men who were the healthiest who lived the longest who had the least heart problems suffered the uh, less strokes were those that had good connections good relationships both love and non-love and i think that we just cast friendships to the side all the time as this kind of oh you know that's the last thing it's my physical health that matters more and and my love life and all of these things but the truth is is that having good real really good friendships and connections in our lives especially if you're single you don't have a partner is actually really crucial and it can have such a compound effect in other areas so it's definitely something to consider if you like oh god making friends is like the least of my worries right now and remember back to when we were kids in school friendships was like our number one priority like after school what are you doing at the weekend do you want to come to my house after school like playtime oh my god we were like definitely the like happiest free playing friendships like that really changes as you get older and other things become priorities but um no I really love that because I've never thought, okay, I, I need to put friendships. I always know I need to work on them. And sometimes they feel lacking and I feel a lot of guilt over that because it's sometimes like, you know, you're a good person, but you are just busy. You know, you still love them, but you struggle to find the effort. And 
actions speak louder than words so we do need to make that effort which is definitely yeah I think like I think people are going to find a lot of value in that and your podcast episodes I listened to them as well and it was it was so nice to hear um but yeah I've I've loved this conversation I kind of want to leave it there and if anyone if you have a piece of advice for someone right now who's in their 20s 30s and is feeling really lost unsure maybe in different areas whether it's relationships career like love where they want where they want to be what what kind of advice would you give them I would say that you're not alone because so many people feel this way and the fact that I created a successful business on this is proof excuse me is proof and testament to the fact that most of us feel in some way that we're not doing life right and just to remind yourself that you do not have to do things in a linear path or in the same way as everybody else we're all on our own journeys and you know it's really important to remember that just because your life looks different to your friends or your colleagues or your parents or whoever you're comparing yourself to that influence on Instagram it doesn't mean anything about you or your story it's nothing about you and it's just important to really like what we've spoken about in the episode today get clear on what you want and what is important to you and then create a plan to to go out and get it yeah and be excited about it and let life surprise you I honestly think that it's so exciting knowing that you haven't maybe met the person that you're going to be with forever yet or maybe you have met him and maybe you're dating him right now or maybe you need to leave that person in order to find him I just think if you think of it in like an exciting way it's actually I'm really trying to think of things like that um this year I took all the pressure off myself in finding the right person and I actually feel like it's coming together I've got this like exciting feeling inside Um, amazing I love it really nice but yeah let everyone know how can they find you um the main courses you have right now how can people connect with you so I mostly hang out on Instagram my handle is at turning 30 coach with the numbers in uh, three three zero I show up there every day on stories and lots of posts I have a podcast called the turning 30 podcast I am currently until the end of the month so I'm not sure when this is being aired but until the first week of May I am running a mini course that is only $30 so that's 22 pounds all about friendships it's like a prolonged podcast episode with eight audio audio modules all about friendships which I spoke a little bit about Um, in this episode and I've just launched a turning 30 retreat which is taking place in Jordan so yeah I just urge you all to head over to my Instagram and and I'm always there in the uh, DMs if you want to message me and chat about anything I would love to see you there oh my god I love this I honestly feel feel so calm and at peace after speaking to you I feel like I've had a therapy session I feel like I'm ready to (laughs) tackle my life and be like I'm gonna create my own path and things will work out in its own time and I hope everyone who's listened to this um feels the exact same and Emma I'm very grateful to have you on and for your time today so thank you so much amazing thank you so much Ashley thank you all for listening and if you really enjoyed this um tag us both on Instagram on your stories um you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well and please make sure to check out Emma's podcast turning 30 as well so thank you all very much